Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Before we begin, I wanted to let you know that this podcast has a Patreon. Patreon is a membership platform that allows creators to develop a more sustainable source of financial support for their projects. My Patreon supports this podcast. If you find this podcast worthwhile, please consider becoming a patron by heading over to the Patreon link in the description. Thank you, and on with the show. I, I don't know if I've done a podcast this early. Oh. <laughs> uh, interesting experience seeing the world before 11. Yes. <laughs> um, so, welcome to the podcast. Thank Thanks you. for doing this. Um, mm-hmm. Thanks, pleasure. I I love the idea of your YouTube channel, and I know you have a physical space as well. Um, but I found you through YouTube, so <laughs> uh, yeah. pri- primarily what I've been doing is interviewing, well, not interviewing, just having discussions, low stakes discussions with people about um, their what they do. Um, well, hold on, I'm getting an alarm for this podcast. Uh, Whether they're a creator or an entrepreneur or both, um, I'm interested in people's stories and sort of why they started their endeavors. And um, yeah. you piqued my interest mainly because um, there's, a, there's a lot of yoga out there, but not a lot of them, um, not a lot of them focus on inclusive yoga right. or accessible yeah. Um, and that was that was important to me, especially during the pandemic, when getting out to walk could be stressful, especially in a city like New York, where I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the simple act of going out can create so much anxiety during a pandemic. Um, right. And so yoga became the escape. And so, you know, my girlfriend and I were trying a whole bunch of different channels, um, some of them are based in your area and some of them aren't. And uh, we dug yours quite a bit. Um, And so I I guess we could start with um, your story. I'm interested in your story. Yes. Um, Well, (laughs) how far back shall I rewind? I, um, (laughs) I started practicing yoga after uh, college, like right after I graduated from college, I moved to California from Texas. And I found a yoga studio and went. I don't know why, like what called me to practice yoga, but I always had always felt that draw. And there was no yoga where I grew up, but there was yoga in California. So I went and checked it out. And my first experience, um, I think, really set the tone for, you know, what's turned into my YouTube channel and my teaching and all of this. Because I felt so uncomfortable, so intimidated. You know, even if I wanted to be there, I felt I didn't feel quite comfortable being there. And um, the people who were in the class were so fit, so fit. And I was just, you know, me, like my regular self. And these folks were so fit. And I, you know, I'm kind of determined and a little bit stubborn. And I kept going back and I kept going back. And only later did I realize that the people who were in the class were the Stanford swimming team and they were training for the Olympics. And so that's why they were so extremely fit and why, you know, I didn't look like them. 
But that initial experience, um, you know, kind of gave me some insight into the experience that everybody has when they go into a yoga class and they feel kind of intimidated and uncomfortable. And, um, you know, at the time I had just started working in high tech and all of my colleagues were much older than me and sat at their desk all day, you know, and were not fit by any stretch of the imagination. And I thought, gosh, yoga, you know, what I'm learning in my yoga class could really help these folks, but they would never go to a yoga class. And so somehow that planted the seed for me that one day I would like to offer yoga in some kind of way where all kind of people would feel comfortable participating so that they could benefit from everything that yoga has to offer. Yeah, I, uh, I remember I, some years back, uh, probably more than five years ago, I was asked to go to a studio in Soho, which is a neighborhood in New York City, mm-hmm. um, because there was a yoga teacher there who wanted video production. This mm-hmm. this was when the idea of putting yoga videos on YouTube wasn't as prolific as it is now. And it was a woman named Tara who actually, yeah. you know, who I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and she basically like, you have to take my class first before we can think about having you do video. And I was just like, I didn't belong. Even as a videographer, I'm like, I don't want to really be in a room uh, until I can, unless I'm as fit as these people, it doesn't make sense for me to do it. So I turned that down, Mm. Uh, but I never really let it go. I've I've come and gone and come and gone again and again and again. And during the pandemic, it's been our main form of exercise. Um, But uh, yeah, I hear that a lot. I have a lot of followers in the UK and they are even more locked down than we are in the US. And so they're really relying on, you know, their yoga practice, my videos to, you know, work on their physical health, but also to work on their mental health because of, you know, the stress associated with living the way that we're living right now. People are experiencing a lot of anxiety and a lot of depression. And I hear through the comments so much about how the yoga practice is helping them and about how surprised they are by how much it's helping them. I'm always surprised. Like, it is weird. I haven't really learned the lesson yet that, you get in at least a half hour in per day. I breathe so well at night. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it's super weird. And I don't know why I can't remember it every single day. You mm-hmm. know? <laughs> so if I, if I have a hard night, it's usually because I didn't do yoga that day. Yeah. It's so, so important to, and, and I kind of wish that my initial phys ed classes when I was a kid hammered that in. Like right. get a half hour of stretches in or something, you know, at least. Yeah. And it's not just the breathing, but it's, it's whatever is ailing you. Like if you typically have hip pain or back pain or, you know, shoulder pain or, you know, tension in your jaw or whatever it is that you have going on, a little bit of yoga practice goes a long way to kind of calm all of that stuff down and just generally help you feel better. We just have to make the effort to get on our mat or, you know, turn on a video or whatever it is and begin. But it's not easy. <laughs> Even for me, you know, life is busy and we have so many um, responsibilities and commitments and things that we need to do. It's hard to have the discipline to take time out to take care of yourself. Is there, I mean, I think I know the answer, but I, I want you to talk about it. But um, <laughs> is there a correlation between 
physical health and mental health? Oh, that's a great question. Well, you know, I can only speak from a yoga perspective. And what we find in the yoga practice is you know, the nervous system. So when we're breathing, uh, you know, and a lot of it is related to the breathing rather than the physical movement. But when we're being mindful and breathing and coordinating the pace of, sorry, the pace of the movement to the pace of the breath, all of that is calming to the nervous system. And, you know, when we calm our nervous system, there's all kinds of benefits that happen. We reduce, if we have high blood pressure, it's reduced. If we have, you know, too much stress hormones, that's reduced. All of the things are, you know, all of the body systems are affected by the mindfulness practice, the breathing, the moving. Um, yeah, so, so absolutely. And I'm sure that from an exercise perspective, you know, like a personal trainer or somebody like that probably could, you know, answer more clearly about the, the link between physical exercise and mental health. But I'm sure that's there too, probably like endorphins or something like that. Yeah, that's what I was thinking endorphins mm-hmm. um what about like have you have you are there numbers out there that correlate the amount of people that are doing yoga or any form of of exercise daily um to those who are successful or not successful in life in general could be economic mm-hmm. success could just be general happiness yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen any studies like that, but there are so many studies about, you know, the benefits of yoga and, you know, in all different kind of ways. Like um, I've done some training at the MD Anderson Center in Texas, which is a, a cancer hospital, and they do tons of studies about the effects of yoga with cancer patients and their mental health and their caregivers. And, you know, so, yeah, there's there's tons of real medical studies being done about yoga so you started you start you started your yoga practice what year uh 1999 oh wow yeah and that just started as an in-house studio that you you go to it's Um, in in california at what point did you start doing video oh let's see that was 10 years ago so 2011 i um you know, I started practicing yoga in 1999. I was living in California, like I mentioned. And then I moved to Texas, moved back, you know, to my home state and uh, found a yoga teacher training program to attend in Austin. Um, I was still working in high tech at the time. I was working at Dell and I, you know, did teacher training um, and completed that. And uh, during the course of my teacher training program, um, I traveled to India. My husband is from India. And so we went home to visit his family And I asked my yoga teachers in Austin, you know, where in India can I go to get some yoga instruction since I'm going to be there anyway. And they pointed me to this one place, the Krishnamacharya Yoga Mandiram, which is where I still study now. Um, And it was really lucky. It was fortuitous that they sent me there because it shaped the whole rest of my teaching. Their focus is really yoga therapy and one-on-one instruction and customizing the practice to suit the individual. And so... So yeah, so that was 2007, I think, or 2008 when I went to India. And then, uh, you know, came back home, obviously. And then eventually I opened my yoga studio in 2010. And um, then what happened? Then I left my job and started teaching full time. And I guess right after I opened my studio, like within the year, it's when I started my YouTube channel. 
How'd it go initially? It, with the physical studio or with no, the, the, YouTube the YouTube channel? channel. Oh, it was so <laughs> slow. So, so, so slow. I put a little bit of content out there. I didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't have the right equipment. I was just kind of, you know, more or less putting some stuff out there. And, um, and like nobody saw it. Like the views were tiny, tiny, tiny. And then all of a sudden in, uh, I think 2019, I put out, was it 2019 or 2018? I put out a series of videos with my friend Denise and it's the Yoga for Bigger Bodies videos, which you've maybe seen. And I don't know what happened, but one of those went super viral and it actually recently crossed half a million views. So it's more than that now. But that's the thing that really kind of catapulted my channel and, and put a lot of eyes on it. And so since then, um, you know, I'm, I started putting content out more regularly. So I try to do a new video every week some live streams and some challenges and different stuff and so now you know it's much more active but it took a long time I mean it just sat there for a long long time and nobody looked at it yeah that's what that's kind of the story I've been hearing on this thing um youtubers it's dead for a while and then suddenly there's this one video yeah uh, and it's different it's a different reason for everyone I remember like at one point a YouTube channel I used to have was dead for years and I was about to shut it down. I eventually did shut it down, but then one video went viral and it was a behind the scenes five minute documentary about this off Broadway show. And it turned out that, um, and this is why I had to shut the YouTube channel down. It, I got millions of views overnight, yeah. overnight because there was a woman in that show that people had been trying to identify because she had appeared on a Conan sketch some years before. Oh. And she changed her name because she was getting stalked. Oh. And so I'm like, oh, I gotta, I have to lose these views. <laughs> so yeah. I just like, I deleted the whole thing. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. That was super weird. But um, yeah, it's weird how it just like happens. What does, what does Denise think of this? think of all these views. she's kind of a, a rock star in this household she is yeah she <laughs> is like yeah a lot of people um ask about denise and uh she's really happy to participate in it because she's happy to you know make yoga visually appear accessible to all kinds of bodies so we're kind of aligned in that way that we want you know, all kind of people with all kind of bodies to be able to practice yoga. But I realized recently that it's kind of like that idea of a picture is worth a thousand words. Even if it's me teaching all the videos, when she's there, you know, when she's on the thumbnail, people immediately recognize this is something that I can do. Um, yeah, so actually she and I recorded um, two new videos this week on Monday, and um, those will be coming out in the next few days. The hardest part for me was... Um getting started what advice would you give to somebody who knows that maybe they should try this thing but they don't know how to get started um i mean just honestly finding a yoga mat that didn't kill my bones mm. <laughs> or push me through to the wooden floor underneath like uh, i i didn't know how to do any of that and yeah. there was a lot of trial and error and i'd love to take out that trial and error for some of these guys who might be listening yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of barriers to um, getting started with yoga. You know, some people are worried about, well, what kind of clothes am I supposed to wear? And when you're at home, you know, that part doesn't really matter that much. Equipment is important, you know, especially if you have um, achy knees, like if kneeling postures are going to hurt you if you're kneeling on the floor. Um, 
but really we can find things around the house that we already have that we can use for the yoga practice. Like, you know, if you need padding for your knees, you can use a towel, just hold it up a few times. Um, you know, nothing beats a yoga mat in terms of the tackiness. Like if you're trying to do something like downward facing dog or something where you might slide. So yeah, there's all kinds of yoga mats, you know, all kinds of price points, but you know, just find uh, one that's reasonably dense so it doesn't just squish down to nothing and um, a color that you like so that you're more likely to pull it out and use it <laughs> and um, and just start. And the, the what I hear a whole lot in the comments on my channel is that people go on YouTube, look for beginner yoga, and the first, you know, several videos they find are not actually beginner level at all. They're, you know, even the first posture is something they can't do. They start to feel discouraged. They feel bad about themselves. They're like, you know, I'm never going to be able to do this. And then they find my channel and they realize they can do it and they you know feel so happy and then they continue practicing but for for people who are brand new i recommend um i guess i can just talk about my own channel i have a series about um it's a seven day beginner challenge and so it really teaches from the foundation level how to get started with yoga practice one of the videos that Denise and I just recorded is beginner yoga for bigger bodies. Um, that was inspired by, you know, again, some of the comments that I receive on the channel. Um, there's one lady who, who messaged just a few days ago and she said um, that she has a bigger body and also some health issues. So even the videos that Denise and I did earlier were too difficult, like too challenging for a way for her to start. So now I've created one that's you know, really, really beginner level so that what's really important is that people should feel successful from the beginning. If they feel like they're not successful with it, then they're not going to continue. So, you know, hopefully we can get, the, I can somehow manage to get the right video in front of them so that their first experience will be a good one. Do you compartment your videos by playlist? More and more, yeah. Yeah, recently I've been having a lot of requests about um, I can't kneel. I can't get down onto the floor. So now I'm making playlists based on these um, kind of more niche requirements. Like here are all of my videos that don't include any kneeling. That way you can easily find what you need in practice and not get partway through a practice and then get stuck because you can't finish it. Yeah, it's interesting that thing about how beginner videos aren't necessarily really beginner videos, um, especially for different body types. Like... Mm -hmm. There was one that I remember from some years back where the beginning posture was just sitting cross-legged. And at that time, that was really difficult. Yeah, Some it's people so don't cool. understand how hard that can be for some, right. some people. Yeah. You know, in my tradition of teaching, um, in the Krishnamacharya tradition, there's a set sequence of how we're supposed to approach the yoga practice. Like, first we should do the standing postures. Then we do the lying postures. Then we do the sitting postures. And I think that it's that way because standing postures are most accessible for most people. Almost everybody can stand. And if you can't stand, you can sit on a chair and you can still do the similar type of poses. After you warm your body up enough in standing, then most people will be able to lie down, you know, on the floor or maybe on their bed or something. And then after we do that, you know, we work on the hips a little bit, mobility, then the body's prepared to move to sitting. But trying to start in a sitting posture is really hard for most people. Earlier, you said that you still you're still um, 
learning under a school in mm-hmm. India. Was yeah. it India? Yes. And um, I really dig that because it brings back another through line of this podcast, and that's that idea of lifelong learning. You're a teacher, but you're also still learning. Yeah, the course that I'm currently doing um, is, it got interrupted by COVID. It's a, it's the yoga therapy course. So I'm learning, you know, how to teach yoga, how, how to use the tools of yoga in a more therapeutic way. And um, the way these programs work, it's the international program so that people from all around the world can, can attend. And um, they, it's about 18 months long, but you go for one whole month. You go to India, stay there for a month for, of intensive, intensive training, and then you go home for about seven or eight months, and then you go back for the second module. And there's three modules total. Um, so I completed the first module of the course, I don't know, before the pandemic. And then the day that I was set to fly to India for the second module, um, I, at the very last minute, like literally this, that same day, I made the decision to cancel my trip because I could see that things were, you know, kind of escalating with COVID and um, yeah, it was such a hard decision, but it ended up that um, they, they canceled that, that module a week in and sent everybody home. So in fact, it just restarted and now it's on Zoom. So the rest of this year, I'll be doing the second module via Zoom. And then hopefully for the third module, then we'll be able to travel again. So I can go wrap that up in India. Do you meditate? Um, yeah, meditation is such a tricky question <laughs> because um, I think there's a lot of misperception about what meditation is. Um, so for me, the way I practice meditation, meditation, you know, in a classical sense, in a traditional sense, is learning to focus your mind on one thing. And, you know, here in the West, people have an idea that meditation is clearing your mind or it's listening to uh, music or a you know a meditation podcast or something like this but in my mind meditation um, the way I practice is by paying attention focusing on my breathing so trying to keep my attention 100% with my breathing and if I identify that my mind is starting to wander off then I need to bring my attention back to my breathing so yeah my meditation practice is a breathing practice nice yeah that's a healthy way to think about it um, I didn't know there were meditation podcasts, to be honest with you. And I should know that. <laughs> yeah, and apps and stuff. You know, they tell, I don't know what, they do visualizations and, and different kind of things. Um, and, you know, I guess there's there's a place for that because just like the physical yoga practice needs to be um, the correct one for the individual student, if there's a person whose mind is very busy and they can't manage to, you know, focus on just the one thing, they need something that's a little bit active, like a visualization or, you know, something to follow to help keep their mind somewhat focused. And then once they, you know, achieve that level, then they can go to something that's more subtle. Um, yeah. So this is kind of like yoga teacher talk. <laughs> so during the pandemic, were, were you doing in-studio classes or? No, we... Down? I, yeah, I closed my studio, I think it was around March 15th, and um, a lot of our clients have health issues, and they're older, and so I felt that it just wasn't safe for us to stay open. Yeah. So on a Friday, we closed, and on I think on a Monday, we began online classes, and we've been doing that since. 
And, you know, we hadn't been using our physical space for, you know, nearly a year. So in the fall, I actually let go of it. And so now we're, we're kind of homeless. We're online only right now. Prior, prior to the pandemic, did you mm -hmm. see an increase in traffic from your YouTube channel to the physical space? Mm, no, it all happened after the pandemic. Mm. Yeah, after the pandemic and then, um, yeah, traffic increased a lot, um, you know, right after the pandemic. And then also uh, New Year's every year is a time when we see more traffic because people, you know, it's the new year and they make a resolution that they're going to start practicing yoga. That's the other time when we see kind of a lift. You're in Texas, right? Right. What's What city? Um, near Austin. Uh, what, what do you think of the, um, the influx of Californians coming through? Um, you know, <laughs> since I lived in California before, I'm, you know, I'm not super mad about people from California <laughs> coming here. But we are seeing housing prices increase like crazy. And so I'm glad that we've been here a while and we're already homeowners. So, you know, that doesn't affect us in a negative way. Great. Yeah. But we do see a lot of signs that say, don't California my Texas. <laughs> yeah. I think I saw a meme of that. Yeah. Uh, do you think that's going to affect your ability to get a space when, once it comes, comes around to getting a new space? I don't know. I think that right now, like many businesses have closed. So at least in the short term, there's commercial space available. But in the longer term, who knows, like, yeah, the housing market is crazy here right now. They're building so many houses. They're actually, you know, auctioning off lots, which is unprecedented. They've never done that here before. So there's definitely a lot of um, influx of new people. That's weird, the auctioning. Mm -hmm. what, what what do you think the, the I know I, I've been going back and forth here. It's kind of the nature of it. Um, in your experience, what has been some of the biggest challenges uh, that heavier people have faced getting started with this? Like Getting started with yoga? Yeah. Like one of the more recurring problems that you've had to help them navigate. I think the main one is just like we talked about earlier of not finding a practice that's suitable for them. That's the main barrier. And then once they realize they can practice you know, they're fine. They, you know, they just go, they practice all the time. Like I have um, a few students who I know have been practicing daily for like six months, nine months, a year. Like once they find the practice, um, you know, for the most part, people are all set and they can go. Occasionally, um, I also hear from people who have other barriers to their practice, like, um, motivation or they're busy or they get bored with the practice or things like that. And so those are more like a one-off and I can just give them, you know, individual advice um, about how to proceed, how to continue. They, they have the intention that they want to practice, but they're just facing some kind of barriers in life. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if this is a stupid question or if it's a very basic common thing, but I am curious about some of the language I hear um, across pretty much all of yoga, like, um, I'm going to give you a couple of words here. Okay. Um, a lot of practitioners use these words, some of these words like Hatha. Yes. Is that, or vin, Vinyasa? Is, yes. Is that, am I pronouncing that right? 
Yes, uh, certainly. There's a, I mean, I'm not going to go down the whole list, but <laughs> what, what do these mean? What, what, what are their origins? Uh, yeah. as, a, as a creative writing student uh, uh, or former student, I'm interested in language. <laughs> right. Um, me too. I love learning the, the Sanskrit language and that's kind of a whole other aspect of, of what we learn as yoga teachers that like in India, I, I learn, a, we learn a lot of chanting and that's a great way to learn the Sanskrit language. But Papa means, um, Papa generally means it's the main kind of umbrella term for all of the physical type of yoga practices. There are other type of yoga practices like Raja yoga, which is more meditation based. There's um, Karma yoga. There's different styles of yoga, but Hatha is the physical yoga practice. Um, like, you know, what all the yoga practitioners on YouTube are teaching. Um, Hatha means sun and moon. So it's kind of a, like a balanced kind of um, meaning, a balanced term. Vinyasa is another term that, you know, like we were talking about meditation earlier. Vinyasa is another term that's kind of misunderstood and misused a lot. Um, commonly in the Western culture, vinyasa is used to talk about a, a series of postures that's kind of like the sun salutation series. And so in some classes, you'll, you'll frequently hear the teacher say, okay, take a vinyasa, and they expect you to know what the sequence is, and you're supposed to do it. That's one way it's used. Vinyasa is also used um, in the in the West to mean flow. So it's a flowing style of yoga practice where one posture leads into the next one. But if we just translate vinyasa, what it means is a special sequence of postures. So special means, I'm gonna geek out on you a little bit here, but special means not a posture that you do in your normal life. It has to be done in a very specific and particular way and then the next posture also has to be done in a special and particular way. And the sequence of one posture to the next also has to be a special sequence, not just any common sequence that you do all the time, but something unique and special. So that's what vinyasa is. Um, you might also see hatha and vinyasa used as class names. Like if you go to a yoga studio website, there'll be a hatha class and a vinyasa class. And so, in that context, hatha typically means static postures and vinyasa means flowing postures. Um, a long time ago, um, we used to call our classes at my studio that way. We had hatha classes and vinyasa classes. But then I learned more and I realized that a lot of people have no idea what these things mean. So now we call our classes gentle and moderate and strong. And they're just, you know, it's very intuitive and based on the level of physical intensity. Yeah, I think that language thing, um, now that we've, we've unpacked it a little bit, could itself be a barrier because it can be very intimidating to have this inside inside lingo, not know and be like, well, I don't know what that means. Right. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Uh, I know for a fact I'm weak enough to actually do something like that. <laughs> but <laughs> if, you, if, if it actually is gentle, I'll go mm -hmm. in. And maybe in that process, I'll learn what other terms are used for that type of practice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, when I train people to be yoga teachers also, and so many of them are like, that's one of the reasons that they hesitate to sign up for yoga teacher training because they're afraid of the Sanskrit. They, they're not sure that they can do it. And the way I look at it is, you know, because 
really, you know, in all senses of, of, of the philosophy, I am for making the practice fit the person. However you practice, totally fine. So as a yoga teacher, if you're not comfortable speaking the Sanskrit term, the Sanskrit name of the posture, it's okay, just say it in English or don't give it a name at all. Just tell the person how to do it. It's perfectly fine. <laughs> so even for my yoga teacher trainees, you know, if they want to learn the Sanskrit, I'm happy to teach them. If they're not comfortable with it, that's also fine. What 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 do you hope? Um, I mean, do you? I mean, you don't have to go into too many details of, of any business plan or anything. But I'm curious yeah. as to uh, what your thoughts are on where you'd like to take everything you're doing. Oh, it's a good question. I've been thinking about that a lot lately. Um, I don't know. I I'm trying to figure out if it's possible to reopen my studio, you know, now after a year of being online, I realized that there's a lot of overhead associated with having a physical space, you know, the rent, the um, electricity, the internet, you know, all of these expenses are associated with a physical space. And I need to make sure that if we're reopening, that it makes sense. Um, so there's that one thing that I'm trying to figure out. And then as far as the YouTube channel, um, I was talking with my staff about this the other day. I, you know, my main goal is to help people, you know, and if that means in a physical space or online or, uh, you know, through YouTube or, you know, any kind of private instruction, all kind of stuff that I do, I'm happy doing any of it, all of it, some of it, you know, whatever works, I'm happy to do. Um, another thing that I've done in the last few months is I started a Patreon um, what do you call that? Started a Patreon. That's not yeah, a channel. No, that's the right language. Yeah. We'll and, uh, yeah, that's how that's <laughs> how um how new it is to me. I'm not even sure what to call it. But, um so that's another way that I'm working with people now. And that's working. Like you know, it's working. There's a number of people signed up. Um, I put together a monthly practice calendar so that they can just click on it and have their practice ready for the day. And, you know, I provide some extra support there, like a live stream just for that community, um, some advanced videos based on their requests and what they're ready for. And that's been another really interesting thing that happened since the pandemic. You know, I never would have thought to do that before. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. At this point, I'm just kind of waiting and seeing how things play out to figure out where I'm going next. But I definitely expect to continue um, working on my YouTube channel because I don't know, it just, it, I don't know what the right term is. It like lights me up or something, reading all the comments about how people all around the world and all different countries are benefiting from the practices that I'm putting out there. That by itself is very fulfilling. And then I'll definitely continue doing Patreon as well. Cause I'm able to reach people that way. And uh, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'll I'll make sure to put a link to your Patreon in the description because I think it is a a, a valuable mission, mm -hmm. um, and an important niche. Thank um, you. You know some some of the YouTubers based in New York, and uh, from what I understand, out west as well. As soon as they've started generating revenue from YouTube, they'll often have a physical space and let that double as their studio. So it's kind of financed both by uh, sort of an, whatever their thing is, an in-person business as well as their YouTube yeah. business. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, and it would really be nice to have a space to host, like, to work with people in person um, and to host my teacher training and to host, you know, retreats and things like that. I just have to figure out the right way to do it. Yeah, I think that, you know, once the pandemic still probably has another year before it fully winds down, yeah. uh, after which we'll, you know, we'll all know what the economic situation looks like and whatnot. But I think it would be very cool to have a, a at some point when it's safe, a physical place to go to. You know, if you're if you're a fan of, of a specific yoga teacher on YouTube to be able to go take their class in person, you know, that that'd be so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's something about having the YouTube channel and then, you know, I occasionally invite people to like meet with me, you know, because they have a question and I want to answer it in a more detailed way or whatever. And so we do a Zoom call together and they get so excited to meet me and I find it so <laughs> strange because, you know, I'm just a person and um, they, I think there's something about seeing a person on a screen that kind of, I don't know what, sets them apart or creates space. I don't know. It's very strange, but I really love to meet people one on one and get to talk to them a little bit more. Well, they're living they're living with with you in a way mm -hmm. every day by consuming this content, and they're not used to actually meeting the person on the other side of the screen. Where with the podcast right. and the podcasts I've worked on behind the scenes in the past, you eventually get used to it. But sometimes, like. Not a, like a week ago, I had a guest on who, I mean, he's not going to go live till June, but, um, you know, I'd been consuming his videos for a couple of years and then I finally had him on and I'm like, I recognize that voice. This is so weird having a face to that voice because he just narrates his videos uh, yeah. and, uh, it, it was really mind blowing to me. Uh, yeah. and usually I don't get, get weirded out by, by famous people or people that, I mean, I don't think he's famous yet, but he will be. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just, it's a weird experience to finally encounter somebody that you've been watching and digesting for like a long time. Right. Um, yeah. I have one student in Michigan and uh, she comes to my Zoom classes every week. And one week, a few weeks ago, she didn't show up. And I was thinking, you know, where is she? And so I messaged her later and I said, hey, you know, is everything okay? I missed you this week. And she was like, you missed me. She was like, no. Oh. I see you every day, but you don't see me every day. <laughs> so she feels like she's seeing me all the time because she's seeing me on my videos. But yeah, I'm the one who noticed that she was missing and she wasn't there live with me. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I think it would be more meaningful for people to kind of bring on uh, people that I consume for mm -hmm. health and wellness. And, and you were yeah. the first person I thought of. Well, let me know if you would like a like a some kind of short instructional video. I can put one together for you. You can add it to your playlist. Sweet, yeah, um, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, I uh, the other thing that and this to show how important this was to me. Um, I generally been producing these episodes and staggering them, and I've got them staggered through the end of May. Mm. And uh, I kept mo this coming Monday open for you, so we can go oh, right you. away. <laughs> oh, thanks very much. I appreciate uh, that. Yeah, we went to we have a, a big camper, and so we took it to the beach last week. And um, next week we're leaving again. We're going to be on the road for at least six weeks. Um, so I was happy to be able to do this with you when I was actually at home because it's just like a little bit calmer here in my house. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. 
And, uh, you know, anytime somebody's willing to come on and talk to me, I really appreciate it. So it's not lost upon me that you took the time to do this. You're, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy to do this with you, especially because you've been practicing my videos. And if it's okay, I just wanted to ask you if you have any questions about your practice. Is everything going okay? Uh, do you need any information? Uh, no, I actually kind of... <laughs> They're so accessible, to be honest with you. And mm -hmm. because I went through a couple of years of videos with super uh, in shape people mm -hmm. that I managed to sort of navigate my way to being able to do yours for pretty fairly comfortably. Uh, cool. I have a good mat that's on top of a nice stable rug, um, mm -hmm. and that helped a lot. But um, yeah. Yeah, I just, uh, I brought you on because it's working. Awesome. Yeah. And yeah. I want it to work for other people. Very good. Yeah, me too. I want it to work for everybody. Well, hopefully they'll find your channel soon. And yeah, hopefully so. People are sharing it a lot now, so that helps. Fantastic. Um, okay. You're my last one. You're the last one I'm producing till July. Wow. Yeah, everything's all, well, I'm done. Everything's through, done. Everything's done. So all the episodes will be, they're already scheduled to the end of May. And then in June and July, I'll have one for each month. Um, mm -hmm. And those are already done. And so because I have other creative projects I have to put my attention on. Oh, uh, yeah. That's what I was about to ask. What are you going to work on in the meantime? Yeah, I have a film in, in the edit, a feature film. So cool. that has to get finished before August. Mm, I see. Or I I'm see. in trouble. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. you know i um you do you you don't do work like commercials and things like that do you yeah oh you do you do do that i mean not since the pandemic but yeah right right when i was in india i somehow got roped into acting in a commercial <laughs> for an app and it was the most fascinating experience to see you know how they put their team together and the equipment used and how they delivered it and things like that i have no experience at all in any kind of you know acting stuff but they knew that I had a YouTube channel and I knew how to talk to the camera. So it was, it was pretty fascinating. Well, you know, that's really what it is, is if somebody's comfortable enough to just talk on the camera, like the camera's another person, that's like a big yeah. deal. And mm -hmm. we'll take, we'll take whoever we can get if that's the case. <laughs> yeah. I'll try to find it and send it to you. It's hilarious. Yeah. I want to, I want to see that. <laughs> no, <it looks great. laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for doing this with me. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you as well. Uh, I'll send you more info by email. Okay, sounds Thanks. great. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye.